The creature leapt from the blackness of the sodden dike, travelling at speed into the light. Momentarily startled, Clarice Beach hit the brake and at the same time dipped the headlights. The hare, landing on the single-lane track a few feet in front of her car, did not pause. Instead, with its front legs out, it pushed upwards, stretching its long hind limbs to jump again and reached the dike on the opposite side of the track before disappearing back into the darkness. The elegance and coordinated grace of the creature stayed lodged in her mind for the remainder of the journey. Classes for the new term of Tuesday evening ceramics had begun in the third week of September. It was a twenty-minute drive on unlit country lanes from the town of Castlewick in the Lincolnshire Wolds to Clarice's home. Now that British summertime had ended, dusk came early, and she always left and returned home in darkness. Often at the end of September, it felt that one foot was still planted in summer, with sunny days that drifted into mellow evenings. This year it had been cold and autumnal from the beginning of that month, so now, one week into November and six into the term, the chill of winter had taken a firm hold. The class had been running for eleven years, mainly attracting people who worked during the day. The workshop size imposed a limit of eight students. Six of the current group had attended from the very beginning. As they'd attained a greater knowledge of techniques, their work had developed, and with friendships deepening over time, the small group had evolved to become tight-knit. Clarice marvelled at how well such an eclectic bunch had bonded. Their backgrounds and life experiences could not have been more different. There was an accountant, a tattooist, a mechanic, a shop worker, a solicitor, a teacher, a nurse, and a retired secretary. Their ages ranged from thirty-five to seventy-four. The students shared their successes and failures. If, after firing, a piece came from the kiln with a crack, the disappointment was collective. Each was aware of the effort that had gone into its production, and there were often deadlines. The ceramics designated as gifts for birthdays, Christmas and weddings. If a piece failed in the firing, it would mean starting again. There was always banter and laughter during classes, as the group discussed family and work problems and caught up on what had occurred over the time since their last meeting. Tonight the class was down by one student, Colin Compton-Smith, a middle-aged accountant, one of the six who had signed up from the first class. He told Clarice he was unsure if ceramics would really suit him, but he'd give it a try for a term. Colin was short, slim, and, as befitted his profession, conservative in attire. On joining the class, he'd initially given the impression of being extremely shy. But over time, as his relationships with fellow students developed, and his assurance in producing top-quality ceramics increased, his confidence grew and he flourished. As he shed his reserve, Clarice had noticed changes in his appearance. In the first year, He'd abandoned his tie, and in the second, he had acquired a pair of jeans. The most significant transformation came after three years, when he'd replaced his regular conventional glasses with elegant kingfisher blue frames. It was an act of rebellion, as if he'd suddenly decided he would no longer be invisible. Everyone in the group had met Colin's daughter, Emily. Over the years, 
she'd attended end-of-term social gatherings and parties. Clarice had watched her transformation from an eight-year-old schoolgirl to a 19-year-old university student. She'd inherited her father's shyness, but managed to put up a good front. Only the heightening of her facial colour, blushing, gave her away. Earlier in the day, Clarice had received a call from Emily confirming that her father had gone into Lincoln Hospital as arranged and would later undergo surgery for a bowel problem. After asking the girl to pass on her good wishes for a speedy recovery, Clarice had taken a Get Well card to class. All the students wrote in it with messages designed to cheer. After signing and passing the card on, Jill, the retired secretary, had bitten her bottom lip, her face pinched with worry. He will be okay, won't he? she asked, addressing the class as a whole. Of course he will, Mickey, the town tattooist, reassured her. 